Life is full of personal wins. Whether it's cleaning your house, getting that dream car, or checking off your to-do list, winning at life is a great feeling. And with the State Farm Personal Price Plan, you can keep winning when you create an affordable price just for you by bundling home and auto. So give yourself a round of applause. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with a personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. Oh, welcome to the Nerdist Podcast. Hey, come out and see Matt Jonah and myself do the Nerdist Podcast live in Texas. We're going to be at Fitzgerald in Houston. And then we're going to be at the Southside Music Hall the day after. <laughs> you probably want those dates. Houston is Friday, July 20th. Dallas is Saturday, July 21st. You can go to Nerdist.com slash calendar to get uh, ticket links to those. And then come out and see us. Also, we'll be at San Diego Comic-Con on July 13th. So I'll just, I I probably should have flip-flopped the order of those. But I'm too tired at this point to go back and change it. So this is the order you get. Check out our new show, Tournament of Nerds, on the uh, Nerdist channel. Uh, last week saw John McClane of Die Hard battle Captain America. Who will win? We'll find out this next week in this next Sunday's epic battle. Tournament of Nerds on the Nerdist channel. Click subscribe on youtube.com slash Nerdist. I would like to thank Bing once again for continuing to support the Nerdist podcast. Thanks a ton, you guys. Let's say you live somewhere else in the country and you want to come see one of our fancy shows in Texas. Like, you want to go to Houston because you're like, I've never been to Houston. And why not go there during the hottest time of the year uh, in all of recorded time? So you'd go to Bing, uh, you would enter Houston, you're going to click search, and you're going to get a ton of results. You're going to get to see the flight selector, you're going to get price predictor, which is going to help you get the lowest airfare. Then, also because of the social aspect that's infused in Bing, uh, you're going to see what your Facebook friends liked in Houston, hotels, restaurants, other places to check out. And because your friends are obviously people that hopefully you trust, and you don't have jerk friends, you know, some people have jerk friends. They're like, well, they... They'll sit on your face and fart a lot, but, you know, you gotta love them because you all grew up together. But let's just say they're true, true, true friends that whose opinions you respect. Then that's going to be very helpful for you in figuring out where to go, what to do when you're in Houston, Texas. And then once you get there, you can do the same thing for your friends. Post the places that you like. Hopefully one of those will be Fitzgerald's where you'll see us perform the Nerdist Podcast on the 20th of July. So that's it. Bing.com. Click search. You're going to get a ton of results, and you're going to find out what your friends liked and get all social on that business. Thanks again to Bing for continuing to support the Nerdist Podcast. This episode is uh, another one of the archives. This one should have gone out a long time ago. Damn you, Chris Hardwick. Why didn't you put out this episode with Fred Armisen and Gary Brownstein a lot earlier? Well, because sometimes I misplace things because I am not perfect. Uh, So that's, again, I apologize. 
this has been unearthed and it's going up later than it should and I'll refund your zero dollars. <laughs> Still a fun podcast just because it should have gone up like six weeks ago. Come on. Why do I have these fake fights with the internet? I don't know because I'm trying to predict what you're going to yell at me. So there, I'm shell-shocked. Are you happy? I'm an abused, shell-shocked podcast host. It's your fault, Internet. Oh, wait, wait, Internet. Come back, come back, come back. I could never stay mad at you, Internet. You're my best friend. With benefits. So here we go, the Nerdist Podcast, episode number 227, with Fred Armisen, Carrie Brownstein of Portlandia. Still available online, by the way, so just because this isn't being dropped right when the new season premiered, you can still go watch it now and pretend. Huh? You're welcome. Now entering Nerdist.com. There's that little solo, but... Yeah, I mean, she'll come in at six. To do oh, it. great, okay. What What did Matthew Sweet and Susanna Hoffs do together? They do these, this thing, this this album, these two albums. Up, up on that... Uh, uh, these two albums. Um, oh, good luck with that, Carrie. Called, Let's try it uh, <laughs> spit out my gum. Look at that. Um, Look at that. Under the Covers. Under the Covers, volumes one and two. Okay. And it's all these amazing covers. And it's so great when they sing together and play together. It's just like Fleetwood Mac songs, Sunday morning. I, I got to write so, that down. It, it, Why don't you just record it for prosperity? Then you'll have it for later. Do you mean posterity? Or are you no, saying I should I record it and that will plant seeds that will pay off later on? It's going to grow. We'll it's, prosper. It's so good. And I've seen them do it live, too, and they sound so good together. Oh, my God. That sounds amazing. Yeah. Under the Covers, Volumes 1 and 2. I like both of those people. Oh, so much. Yeah, Susanna's going to do the show tonight. And what? What does the live show consist of? It's like um, us talking, then like some videos from season two, us playing music. We have a band. We have a drummer and a keyboard player. We'll do some songs from the show. And then, some, and then like every city, we'll do like different covers that are appropriate to whoever's around. Oh, nice. So what are you doing for Los Angeles then? It's Susanna Hoffs is going to be that song Sunday morning awesome. and then Manic Monday. Oh, nice. Yeah. What uh, and then New York is going to be Hugh Cornwell from The Stranglers. Really? Yeah. Yep. Oh, I love The Stranglers. Yeah, and we're so psyched. Golden Brown. <laughs> is he going to do Golden Brown? He no. wants to do it. He's going to do it acoustically. I've been emailing oh, him. Oh, he is? Yeah, okay. just like a... Great. One, yeah. <laughs> Are you going to deliver a pie to him while he's doing like a delicious Golden Brown pie, or do you feel like that's too on the nose? You know, this is a serious operation. Okay, I'm sorry. And we don't... We comedy don't is not in our... that. We're separating ourselves from comedy. It's a good idea. Anything with any content. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> content. We're gonna come out. We're just gonna come out and just introduce ourselves and leave it at that. Like, hi, I'm Carrie. I'm Fred. This is the show. Leave us alone. Nice to meet you. Goodbye. <laughs> a, which is, in a meta way, it's almost Portlandian. It is. In a weird kind of yeah. way. I like it. I like you using that. Did you just coin a new phrase Ad- of comedy? Adjective? Portland. Yeah, I did. Adjective. Yeah. I love Portland. I was Carrie and I were talking. Where? I just I just went up there for no for just between Christmas and New Year's. I just went to Portland. Yeah, like, man, I did just for just to hang out. Yeah, and it, that was it. Just to hang out. It's the it's like the best place. Yeah, and I don't think it'll ever get overrun with anybody because it's a little out of the way. It's like not that easy to get to. You yeah, know? it's like 
I don't know. I the, always like how you think it's not that easy to get to, like compared to I San Francisco. Like I feel like <laughs> San Francisco, you can get a flight from anywhere, or Seattle even. Yeah, like, Portland is weirdly hard to get to, even from Los Angeles. There's like you have to. It's I think it's pretty much just Alaska Airlines yeah, flies there's there. Some, yeah. There's some places where you cannot get a direct flight to or yeah. from Portland. That and, is true. And you take it for granted because you're like, well, no, Portland. It's a major. It, yeah, it's it's of course, everyone. And New York is like a you know 7 a.m. or like a, there's like two flights that are like weird times that. You know, not not uh, convenient. Maybe they do it that way on yeah. purpose. There really are some turbo hipsters in. I mean, it's it's shot when you start to see the hipsterisms mash up with like, okay, you have the mustache and the beard yeah. and the crazy shirt and the old work pants yeah. and the chain thing. Like the Charlie Brown Doctor Who T-shirt. It's a mashup. It is a mashup of like five sub hipster sets, like like c- oh, cut yeah. together. But I'd rather have that. I mean, like you know. In the South, you got rednecks. So hipsters, I welcome thee. Fine by me. How did you guys <laughs> become, did you, how did you guys? We kind of just knew each other. We had mutual friends. And then I was a fan of Slater Kinney. And then uh, um, I knew Janet Weiss, or I know Janet Weiss from the band. And I invited Janet and the band to come to an SNL in the early days, I don't know, 2003. Mm-hmm. And then. Just to an after party. Yeah. We, were, we, met we had a show in New York. Yeah. We just came to the after party. We became, we became friends. And you're like, hey, you know what? We should do a show about a subculture. Well, there was Thunder Ant first, right? Yeah. yeah. There was a couple, like, years, five years of just these little online videos. We didn't even have a website. I don't know what we did before I, we had a website. What did we do, though? I think we just emailed the video around to our friends. So weird. Yeah. That's how South Park got made. Really? Yeah, it's like they just had Spirit a Spirit of Christmas. Oh, like, right, yeah. right, the Christmas one. Would, did, did you ever want to really do acting stuff, or did you? Was it just sort of like, well, this is fun, and then now all of a sudden it's a thing you actually get paid to do? Uh, well, both actually, no. As a kid, I did want to do acting. Before I discovered music, I did. I was like a drama nerd in school. I took improv, like act and acting classes in the summers, and I thought I was going to go into that. And then I discovered music, and that just derailed everything else I wanted to do. Fuck you, comedy. Yeah. Exactly. No, it wasn't that. <laughs> also, I was not doing comedy. I was doing serious plays that my English teacher had written. Like, the, in the most hubristic <laughs> <laughs> thing ever when, like, a teacher at school decides that they're going to write the play. You might have to get just a little bit closer to the mic. What, yes. what I wanted to hear what in the English teacher play was. What were they, were they about? Is, were they autobiographical? What, what, is, what is your English teacher? No, it, was a peri- <laughs> it was a period piece. Um, it was a, about it was, an English teacher in the 18th century? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Writing plays for his street urchin. Keeps on going back. Yeah. Um, I played the sister of a bride. It was very Jane Austen. Oh, that's sweet. It's very sweet, yes. Were they were they good? No. Okay. They were horrible. I have pictures. Oh, there's a picture from it in our Portlandia live show. Yeah. yeah we include we, we include some slides yeah. to let people know a little bit about our background. See, that was... <laughs> <laughs> that was preparing you because we were just having the Downton Abbey conversation before, right before Fred got here. Do you like it? I haven't. I saw a couple episodes. My ex-girlfriend used to watch it, and my desk was in the den, and so I would catch pieces of it in the background. I'm like, wow, the the Brits sure love the relationships between the classes as a premise. You know, and- Finding Bigfoot's on at the same time. <laughs> I don't know why <laughs> you're you, watching. Did you guys watch it? I watched uh, the first episode right before I, sh- I came here. 
I watched the first episode. I loved it. I liked it a lot. I was just telling Carrie, just it's, you turn it on, and then within the first minute, you're just kind of into it. That and upstairs, downstairs. Something it's the same premise, right? And Similar Bigfoot, Smallfoot. Is that one too? Bigfoot, Smallfoot. Yeah. yeah. But what is that when something just works? Like, because I can't yeah. describe. What Rare. It is. It's not like there's any great story or murder mystery. I'm just like. Have to watch. I'm just I like think I think it's a combination it. of just performance and good, you know, filmmaking and DPing. It's like yeah. a combination of those th three things can just immediately just have you invested in something. Now, actors too, like yeah, yeah. that main the main guy. I'm always I'm right away. I'm like, he's a, he's he? a guy. He's been in a bunch of stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. I've seen him in stuff. But I guess it's the same thing. It's like you know, would you be able to tell? Would you be able to give people the exact reason why Portlandia works so well? And like, oh, just every element just kind of works together. We still don't have any idea. Yeah. Yeah, I can't, that's a hard question yeah. to answer. You can't. It's a weird question to answer about yourself. But your show works. Um, I mean, like, it's... It, it's. I discovered it a couple episodes. Actually, I hadn't watched it. You, We did that panel together at South by Southwest last right. year mm -hmm. that was all about, you know... Uh, synergy online. Yeah, it was an online... <laughs> it was. Synergy online. <laughs> it was Vertically about integrating that, yeah. internet... Was, there's a lot of words like hybrid and basically two screens. You get experience. a bunch of people in a room and then you take something magical and bore them with how you do it. <laughs> <laughs> that's basically what I felt like I was doing. Well, yeah. there's then you this and then that's connected to this. And so what you're saying is there's no artistic value in it at all. Sounds like it. <laughs> no, it was just it's just weird. It is weird to go up in front of a bunch of people who have like notepads and talk about, you know. Like and people are like, there's a couple guys in this party of suits that's walking around that have notepads, and I Ooh, looked at them. Dudes. I don't know who they are, and I looked at their notepads to see what they had written They're down. One here. guy wrote down three Synergy. words. Three words. Synergy as three words. Yeah, it's like they're too old for a page program, and they look like their suits aren't great. I'm not joking. That's them right there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there's like there's like 25 people with suits they're and notebooks. Luther King Let's Day. preface that. They're going yeah. to demolish the building. It's a working yeah. That's what it looks oh like. Oh my God. That's exactly here. what's happening. No, no. They have yeah, a they tape measure out. This will make a fine parking lot. That's yeah. where the sauna is going to go. Save the building. The <laughs> they're looking in right oh now. Oh my God. Yeah, they are. They're looking in right now. <laughs> We're in a goddamn fishbowl. I just Instagram. Who's in the fishbowl suits? You are. We're watching you too. Oh, that guy we'll just saw me YouTube point a finger at him. If you want to come on in, they're laughing at how they're going to destroy this place. <laughs> yeah. like, oh, we've got to put on a show to save it's the It's so cute that they all think they're getting out alive. This was them outside. I just took a picture oh, of did? them. Like, yeah, they really are. It's like so weird. Yeah. And if you notice, <gasps> like they all really have a singular mind. Picture. They flock nice. the same direction. Borg. Borg. Anything. But something is going down. Borg. Yeah. They're assimilating. They're assimilating. You can't. This they're, building has to be secured as a monument to Demolition Man. Which no, is where there's no build. such thing. What? <laughs> <laughs> there's no, no such thing as demolition, man. No, there is. I no, no. The thing is, anything can be destroyed. No, but this. Yeah, Dennis no, Leary sorry. lived under this building. Sorry, homie. Nope. Oh. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Devastating. This is when Fred destroys Matt <laughs> oh, from God. the inside out. Really Wait, sorry. the restaurant wars. Taco no. Bell's gonna win, right, you guys? <laughs> <laughs> I remember before you did SNL, Fred, you would... Yeah, we knew each other for a while, didn't we? Well, because you, you did the Largo shows, the Monday Night Largo yeah. shows, and uh, you were one of the people... It was so amazing to watch. Hey, like everyone... You know, Largo was a very loose... Did you ever go to the Largo show, Carrie? Mm -hmm. It was a very sort of loose, alty kind of comedy. Like, you go up with your notebooks or whatever, and then, but Fred would come totally committed in a as a character and never break for a second that like everyone else is kind of 
knee-jerk reaction was to be like, oh, wink, wink, look at me, I'm being crazy. And never fucking once he committed. Your level of commitment on back then and on SNL and on all the stuff you do is so is such an education for anyone who wants to do sketch comedy. Jeez, thanks. Um, I love that scene. Like, I moved here to L.A. from Chicago, and that's where I heard that all that kind of stuff was going on. And I remember I used to go alone. I was like, I'm going to go check this place out. It was yep. like Karen Kilgariff, Paula Tompkins, Patton Oswalt. It was so great. Such a tiny little place, too, and everyone was... I had never seen anything like it, so I was like, I want to be part of this somehow. What did you... Did you start doing comedy in Chicago before coming no, out here? No, not really, like... Or did you come out here for that purpose? I think I maybe more came here for that purpose. Like, I did some videos and stuff, but not really any kind of performance. And even mm. when I was here, I didn't play any other places than Largo. Was that, that before many. the South by Southwest? It was after. Okay. So South by Southwest was like a sort of gateway to getting to do more stuff, and then... I was like, oh, I can I can move out of Chicago. I'll just go. I love I love L.A. So I was just like, I'll just go to L.A. Oh, the South by Southwest bit. That was like, was that Chunklet? Was that a? It was ni- 1998. Yeah, and I think Chunklet had a thing in there. I don't yeah. know. Oh yeah, Henry Owings. Yeah, yeah. So do you, you literally just? How did you get booked at large? Like, how, how did you? I remember I went, and then. <laughs> Because that doesn't always work for people, just going to a comedy show and then getting to do Lange it. Langan just said, you! <laughs> I remember I met Lisa Langang. Mm-hmm. Who was who used to book it. And Zach Galifianakis knew her, and Nick Swartz knew her. I, I, I became friends with those two, with Zach and Nick, and they were, you know, I just met her and just tried to get on. And so she gave me some night at, you know, whenever. Oh, I feel like I have this story. I'm, I feel like I'm having this memory of Zach forcing you to do impressions of all the other comics. Yeah, Did you, he's always pimping me out to do stuff like that. <laughs> did you do like a Paul F. Tompkins? Did you? Did yeah, you? I did Paul F. Tompkins on stage. I came out with a big beer. <laughs> I am a grown man. <laughs> when you were, uh, it was the the prince character. The prince character I remember seeing at Largo. I did a, like a, it was a hybrid of like because that was after nine eleven. Right, and I. And on the news, they would always play, like, really sad music. So I just, I, I did a guy who plays that music, who, like, composes it, kind of like a musicologist. And I just based him on a kind of music guy. But he was kind of like Prince and kind of not. How's the experience, uh, how's it been for you on Portlandia, Carrie Brownstein? I mean, just in terms of, is it is it exactly what you thought it was going to be? Is it, is it, are you still enjoying it? Are you like, oh, I thought this acting thing would be fun, but it's just I have to work all day. No, oh, I enjoy every minute of it. Well, what's the most surreal is that it's still just Fred and I. You know, it, it, we started out just doing these short videos, like we were talking about earlier, and so much of it, uh, despite the fact that we have, obviously, a great director, Jonathan Kreisel, and it's a, a production now, like, still at the core of it is us just, like, looking for these absurd moments and these weird sort of, like, awkward pauses and taking things off in these tangents for a long time. So that's the weirdest part of it is that it, it still has the same kind of essential core and we, I keep waiting for that not for it not to feel like that but it just it hasn't yet we've only shot 16 episodes so if I already was over it you, <laughs> I should be slapped did Jonathan Kreisel direct all the second season too yeah I think that's like a really good idea that a lot of sketch shows never really uh, attempted before like it's it's it always makes the sketch show better when you have a single director throughout all the different sketches and episodes because it kind of gives it a singular voice. But you know what's funny is I don't think of it as a sketch show. Even though I guess technically it is a sketch show, for some reason I don't think of it as... It's a, a funny scene show? It's just... it's, yeah, it's, it's a sketch show. Really. Yeah. We, don't, we don't really think of it like that either. I always think of it almost like we're just making really short indie films. 
that all yeah. connect in some way. Yeah. yeah, like little stories, kind of. Which sounds totally pretentious. I don't know. <laughs> but that's what it is, though. It seems it's not because there's no no real punchlines to anything. You know, like it's not that clowny. No. So, what was the first when you guys first started talking? Was it was it Pasternak the one that that brought it to IFC? He is actually. Mm-hmm. You know, we pitched it to Broadway Video, and Andrew Singer is there. Mm-hmm. And he just he knew that IFC was wanting to branch out and doing comedy. So Dan Pasternak was the guy he called and said, would you want to be? And then before we knew it, we were doing a pilot. And we didn't even know it would go beyond that. Like, we've, we're still kind of like, wow, we get to do a pilot. And then that turned into a series. And I still now, can't now believe season tour. two is done shooting. Yeah. Like, it's still, you know. Well, it caught, I mean, I feel like it caught on pretty quickly with the sort of early adapter comedy nerds. Just being at South by last year, which was still pretty early in your show, and people were shouting, put a bird on it in the mm-hmm. theaters. And that had, had just happened. Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty bizarre. crazy. That was <laughs> Carrie's idea, by the way, to put a bird on it. That was a great one. Oh, God. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it was just, we, just people always ask about that as if we, like, were a marketing team that came up with a catchphrase. But yeah. it was, it, <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, that's just not how we, that's obviously, okay. you know, people don't, you don't write like that. But it was just, it would just turn into this strange phenomenon. Put a bird on it. Someone walked by me the other day and just said, cacao. <laughs> my girlfriend Deanna that's what she says to our dog now so safe it's like the, when the, the dog is doing something like cacao Ruby cacao oh, yeah. that's appropriate yeah it is yeah. it means stop yeah <laughs> in case you didn't know you, I, did, you're gonna get a phone call from like the cacao industry guys thank you so much I mean you have no idea people just didn't use that word before there's a restaurant I think it, it might be in San Francisco called cacao Oh, wow. Yeah. There's a chocolate place in Portland. Not named after the sketch, but not, but called Cacao. Mm-hmm. How long does your season take to shoot? I mean, you, you must not have a ton of time. September? I think it was actually nine weeks of yeah. shooting. So about three and a half days per episode. And do you guys just, do you, do you literally just write everything yourselves? No, it's us and Jonathan Kreisel. Uh, we had... Woman named Carrie Dornetto. Mm-hmm. Oh, she's great. Yeah, uh, Allison Silverman writes some okay. stuff, and then one piece was written by uh, our editor Doug Lussenhop. Mm-hmm. Doug Pound. Yeah. Doug Pound. Oh, Doug, yeah. oh, nice. He's an editor. Yeah. Yeah. The, the editors like we they do so much for the show. It's crazy. They actually build things that of of things that we thought would go in in the garbage. Like they really turn they turn them into like cohesive pieces. The things that they do. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they're they're really incredible. It's uh, amazing to me that anything. I mean, you have to get so lucky with who you pick, because there's so many places along the way where something can fall apart. Totally. That it's a ama- it's almost astounding that anything good ever gets made because even if yeah. you have ninety percent of the people are amazing and then just like one guy, one idiot editor can just fucking ruin everything. It. No, yeah. it's it's the thing that about it is also a little scary. Like I, it feels a little scary depending so much on these editors and with and John and stuff. It's just like they're so good at it, mm-hmm. and this is stuff that we don't do. We don't know how to edit, you know. Yeah, but those guys have worked. To, we had worked with Doug on Thunderant. He was our editor for that, and then yeah. John. And Doug had worked together on Tim and Eric. So there was, there was already these, like, little, like, this chemistry sort of between all the different, like, groups. Yeah. And I feel like John directs with editing in mind. Like, he sort of knows, like, when we've, we have enough or when to get more because he, can, he sort of has that, like, shorthand with Doug. And so that, that makes it a lot easier, I think. Yeah. How many, uh, are, there, are there a bunch of sketches that you still 
Is there anything that you feel like, oh, I just haven't been able to make this work yet? That Yeah, we wanted to do something with public transportation. There's like trams everywhere in Portland, and it's just very... Stop with these guys. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to find out I just peeked in are. like a okay. child. So the guy, so basically just for people listening, there's a, there's a small, that it looks like a ship's window in the door here at the studio that we're in. And there's all these weird suited people outside, and and one and one like comicky Asian guy, um, comicky like, Asian guy, comicky like he was being he was being a comedian, yeah. like right. he peeked up and then made this weird face and then like 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 slid back down, oh, okay, like he was going down the elevator. You want me to block the window? <laughs> but just but punch through it and be like, yeah. shut the fuck up. This group of suits. It looks like something in a movie. Like yeah. if it was yeah. in a movie with business guys walking around, you'd be like, that's too unrealistic. People mm-hmm. are more yes. human than that. Yeah. These dudes, short hair. Not really smiling. They look like business. Guys. I'm pretty sure. Except I heard for the one guy, except for Clowny. Here. Except for that guy, who's the he's the life of the group. He's yeah. the and he keeps right. everyone he keeps everyone oh, in check. Yeah, yeah, he's a riot. Yeah, that guy's hilarious. <laughs> he'll he'll fucking put his face never, in any window. Never. <laughs> he doesn't why, give a why shit. Why in this corner of the building too? They're like in every nook and cranny. But Kiss FM is over there. That's no, uh, I don't know what that's. that's I don't that know if that's what they're here for. They were outside for, staring at the building for a while. They're looking at stuff. It's so weird. They brought they were brought into the empty closed reception area. What was that movie with Matt Damon and Emily Blunt where there's a, the, 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 the Goodwill Hunting? Bureau. No. Okay. The Adjustment the Bureau <laughs> where there's a group of people and they direct fate. Maybe that's what this is. Oh, These yeah. guys are out there directing fate. And they only do it on Marvel. And we're not Hunting. supposed to see them. We're not supposed to see them. I don't think. I thought this was a day off. It should be. It's a holiday. Yeah, I, it is a holiday. I just applied for this uh, apartment, so I put in an application with the landlord lady, and she's this uh, old woman from New York, and I put it in on Saturday, and sh- she says... Oh, you should hear back on Monday. And I go. She's from Massachusetts? No, that's New York. Hang on. It's a very subtle difference. Uh, so I say to her, I was like, oh, Monday's a holiday. She's like, is it? What holiday? Oh, <laughs> like, Jesus. It's Martin Luther King Day. She goes, oh, I don't think the owner celebrates. He's Orthodox Jew. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> but now, you know, you described her as an old lady. If she hears this, good luck with your chances on getting Oh, my yeah, God, you're so right. Exactly. Way in the podcast. This that. very lovely, mysterious, pretty lady. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, we do. Right. It's you weird. We have game you guys are right. a day. You we have right. this weird... <laughs> no, I'm, not getting this. I'm not getting this. When you look at the demographic, we it's like it's mostly like, you know, nerdy young folks. And then yeah. landladies, 68 to 74. <laughs> it's know. just like a bow. Landlord lady. Landlord lady. Yeah. yeah, she's a landlord lady. Mm. Uh, Look at that policeman. Woman. I don't think she's going to do it because she screamed when I hit the color button on her copier and it came out color uh, with joy. Wait, you don't think she's going to do what? Listen Listen to a podcast. Oh, okay. She didn't okay. know her copier I don't understand did color. Printers very well. I can listen to a podcast. Well, it says color and then not color. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yet she's not celebrating Martin Luther King Day. Well, good point. I don't understand. Let's all think about that. Wow. How long are you guys in Los Angeles Getting for? Heavy. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. I'll, I'll, I'll steer the ship away before uh, yeah. we capsize in, near Cyprus. Uh, we leave Wednesday morning. Yeah. A couple days. Have you been nonstop promoting the show? Yes and no. I mean, yeah, it's kind of like yes, but then we've had to do other things. I mean, it's not, it hasn't been bad. It's been fine. It's been great. I mean, we just feel lucky that people want to talk about the show. There's never a moment that we take for granted where we think like, yeah, oh, this is bananas. Yeah, it's just it's been fun. And also people are nice. Like every place we've gone, no one's, you know, that obtuse about it. I like saying obtuse. Wow. <laughs> yeah. It's a good word. It's it's a good word. Ren- That's exactly where I learned that word. Really? And I'm just like, yeah. yeah. And it's just great. I think it's Tim Robbins. Yeah. He says, mm-hmm. well, you're being obtuse to the uh, warden. OK. And that's what makes him freak out. Yeah. Yep. And I'm just like, that's so great. And then he goes in the hole for a month. It's better than saying confrontational or yeah. like 
pissy. So yes. why didn't you do your show about another city? You mean something along those lines? Would that be confrontational? Ooh. You gonna you gonna do Chicagoia or like I just like fucking start trying to pitch my own crappy our, versions? Our um, our idea is to franchise it out, make as much as we can. And <laughs> hell yeah, hire two actors in Chicago. <laughs> Come up with your own characters. Flintia, Michigan. <laughs> Flintia, Michigania, and then we'll just check out, make sure that they're not doing anything that we don't like. Flintia. We now pay them some pittance for acting, and then uh, collect the rest. How how is the show received in Portland? Yeah, they or they the way Blue Man Group in a way did that. They just had their show, and then just there's different franchises in every city. The like Gallagher too, right? He and just really? had the. Isn't there a the touring one. Gallagher? The one. Yeah, there's another Gallagher. Yeah. You were in Blue Man Group, right? Yes, sir. I played drums in the band. At Blue Man Group. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In Chicago. Oh my god, I forgot about that. That is yeah. a thing about you. That is a thing. That is a thing. Does Sudeikis ever get jealous? Does Sudeikis ever get? We know we talk about it all the time because he tried out to be a Blue Man. He was multiple times, right? Yeah. Because yeah. he was in Vegas and they had a Vegas show. Oh Isn't that the guys though? They're in Vegas now. The Blue Men Group. No, the no. actual They're guys like are in New York. Fuck. They never show Chris up to ben an actual Phil show. In New York. They're and like the Dread Pirate Roberts. They've retired to Patagonia and they're living like kings. Maybe they sort of check in and yeah. But uh, yeah, they have a nice life. Good for them. Hell yeah, good for them. Where did it start? Chicago. New York. Okay. It started in New York. They, it was like a street performance group, and they just had this one performance thing in Central Park where they were going to do a funeral for the '80s. Okay. So they did a funeral for the 80s and they dressed all in blue or they painted themselves blue and then that became this show and this became this and then they were in the Astor Street Theater and Astor Place Theater and it became a thing. Well, I'm sorry, were you ever a full-fledged blue man? No, I, I played in the band, which is okay. like you're above the stage and you're sort of lit by black light. So there's a drummer, a zither player, and a Chapman stick player. Are the Blue Men actually playing stuff, or are they yeah. just... Yeah, yeah. Not actually, so they, they play drums. There's a lot of drumming. They I know there's, like, weird. drums with paint Percussive. on it and stuff. Well, right. Yeah, but then That's they'll exactly. have, like, like PVC big piping. pipes, and that they extend to, you know, deep in the tone. It's it's really impressive. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, if you're it's into... It's fully it. entertainment. We should all go. Do you want to? Let's, yeah. let's all go to the Blue Man Group. You know, how important is the show tonight? Do you have to do your show tonight, or do you want to go see we Blue Man Group? We can hire some couple people. Come on. Four and a half hours to Vegas. Let's do it. They'll just think it's you guys in character. Yeah. No. Easy. Go to Silver Lake. Maybe, you, maybe the perfect. guy. Yeah. Listen, I don't think that guy realized it, but when he poked his face to the that window, was he was auditioning. Yep. Uh, yep. He made it. <laughs> Are you assault? You must be assaulted with people now. Being like, can I come on your show? Can I want to be on your show? Can I be on your show? Yeah, but not in a bad way. Not, not never in an annoying way. Yeah, I wouldn't call it an assault. Yeah. Where someone just grabs you by the collar, carrying me like, put me in your fucking show. Mm. But I people have been done physically it molested then, over the show yet. No, they've been what? I mean, no one's like physically touched me to be on the show. No. <laughs> <laughs> I think just from a Jack McBrayer though, that's how he was on the. He just last year asked like, "Can I please be on the show?" And we're like, "Okay." Yeah, but we said yeah. okay. It was more enthusiastic than that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was more like, oh, "Yes, when?" When? <sighs> Fine. Here. Fine. If you're going to be day. irritating about it. Here's a wig. Go ahead, do your thing. <laughs> <laughs> I I think. You know, you look at something like Portlandia, which is a show that, I mean, I don't, it would have taken someone like Dan Pastor, I think, to understand what the show could be. Would you, did you ever consider maybe pitching it to a network, or was it just something that Dan sought out? It just happened that way. You know, like, Dan Pasternak, the hippest guy we all know. Yeah. <laughs> it just happened. I mean, it's like, I don't know if it's laziness or what, but we just like, you want to, IFC wants to do it. Okay. We don't have that, you know. All right, well. But people, aside from Dan, that really got it, it was actually Evan Shapiro. Yeah, who's the yeah head, Evan's great. Yeah, head of IFC, and he was the one 
because we didn't pitch it as Portlandia. We pitched it at the time it was Thunder Ant. It wasn't site specific. There was kind of a sensibility that seemed a little bit married to Portland, but we were totally willing to like to not shoot there. And it was Evan that said, no, it should totally, you guys should keep it in Portland. It makes it very specific. It has a certain color palette it, and it's going to be a character on the show. Like I feel like as a network, they kind of got it and and they sort of like kind of greenlit like the whole, like the whole Portlandia thing I think came about because of them and Jonathan and it wasn't. It took them. Yeah. And, yeah it took them as well to kind of make it what yeah. it is. Cause I just assumed, Oh, we'll, We'll just shoot this in L.A. Yeah, we were going to maybe shoot it. And here. it wouldn't have been called Portlandia. <laughs> you were just trying to get out of Portland. Yeah. I thought I was going to get out, but I didn't. <laughs> and then, good news, you got a show. Great. It shoots in Portland. What was that last part? Yeah. What was that last part? Yeah, but it was really, I mean. And quickly, too. Evan was very, he yeah. made it move along quickly. Because that's the other, we didn't have time to spare, really. So he, a month out of the. The pilot they ordered the episode. Yeah, and another thing, kind of to what you've been getting at a little bit, Chris, like me not coming from like a specific a comedy background or acting background, really. IFC sort of understood like the context that we both came from, and they knew of my band, and it, they had no desire to sort of, oh, well, okay, Fred's great, but we can swap you out with you know one of the you know millions of other like more famous, more you know talented comedic actresses you know they just they got it as like this is a specific thing that you guys have it's different so everyone was just on board like only later did we realize how sort of lucky we were that it was just still going to be us you know that no one was going to kind of shake that up replace yeah. us with better looking people they did not even suggest it <clears throat> same goes with jokes like we need this kind of joke and that it was like they kind of left us alone yeah and see once again you let creative people do the thing that they are going to do and it works totally and i'm not against rules i understand some rules in but um if you just trust them for a little while I think you're in good shape. Well, and, and it's, but I feel like the lesson to take away from Portlandia is that you guys were funny and you got to carry out the vision of your show. And st and still, I'm sure that there are other networks people trying to dissect and going, well, how did that show get popular? And it's like, well, because it's good. I don't know. Like no amount of money you spend on digital marketing or whatever, like it doesn't matter. Like if the show is good, people will find it. Thanks for saying that. <laughs> I mean, I, I agree, but then I can't agree too much because I can't be like, yeah, well, it's great. <laughs> Come on, Fred. I've always known you'd be a nice guy. Be a little cocky for a second. Well, I, I do feel very good about the show. I will say when I watch it, I go, I'm happy with that. Does it sort of fill a different place in your brain from when you're going to do SNL? Which Oh, definitely. Definitely. Because at SNL, a lot of it is in other people's hands in, you know, in a perfectly good way. But this, there's a lot more that we have to sort of look, you know, look over. So, um... Yeah, it's a whole different thing. And also, like, with SNL, there's the cast and the writers. With, with this is just Carrie and I and then, you know, whoever else we're writing with. So that's where it's different. What was your SNL audition like? It was magical. And I, <laughs> and I, I really mean it as magical. My life changed that day. Like, there was two levels to it. There was I had to do it first at the UCB where I got to meet Lorne. Mm -hmm. And then, so I did it on stage at the UCB. Then Marcy Klein called me in to do it at the studio. And even walking into the studio, I was like, I can't believe I'm in this. Uh, this is the SNL. And there's all these pictures of all the hosts that they've had and cast members. And the audition is at the, where they do the monologue. So I had to do two characters. I did two characters and two impressions. And I just had a few things with me. And it happened very quickly. It's just Lauren and Tina and some producers sitting there. And I couldn't even believe I was there. And I got through it. 
And I did Fericito. I did the self-defense guy. I did Sam Waterston. And for some reason, Vin Diesel. <laughs> <laughs> Vin Diesel, I have no, I didn't have him. I, I, I have no idea why I did him. It was, I think he was just around a lot or something. So, I did him, and then, on my way to the elevators, Marcy Klein, the, the talent booker, sort of pulled me back. She's like, "Can I talk to you about something?" And that moment, I was like, "Oh, we're talking about something." Fuck. So she pulled me away from everyone and was like, "You know, that's when I kind of knew things were coming <coughs> together." So, um, it was great. I loved meeting Lauren and. It was crazy. The self-defense character, you did that also in that Bob Odenkirk pilot, Next, right? Yeah, and Next is kind of what got me to get the audition at SNL, because that was like a sketch show that Bob Odenkirk did, and there's all these characters, and there's, I had all this videotape of me doing characters. I didn't have to, it wasn't even at a club, it was like me in a studio. So thanks to Bob, I mean, he really, thanks to him, I, I had like this tape that was like, oh, here you, here's everything. I always, I don't know if you remember this, but I feel like I always used to bug you to do your Sam Waterston because no one else does a Sam Waterston and it's fucking awesome. Why didn't you call the police? <laughs> <laughs> Why didn't you call 911? <laughs> 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 <sighs> <sighs> all right, I'm all right. <laughs> Gary, did you find uh, the what was the the timetable like? Where like working on a, the Wild Flag album, but then still doing all the Portlandia seasons. Like, did you just do it in between, or were you writing along while writing writing music while writing the show? Well, Fred's schedule on SNL kind of dictates that we have about nine months when we're not working on Portlandia. It's less so this year. This year is a lot more blurry. You know, both of us are kind of going back and forth between two things, but. Basically, I actually, we recorded the Wild Flag album before we shot our yeah, first right. season. Oh. So it, Wild Flag sort of happened first, and then, but then we weren't able to do anything all summer, and then the album came out in the fall. But anytime I was ever feeling, like, too busy, like, Fred could always trump me. Like, we wrapped, <laughs> we wrapped on Portlandia, and Fred flew out the next day for the Monday, first Monday back at SNL, no day off oh. between one and the next. I had two weeks off, which to me seemed... Not enough time, <laughs> but then it seemed totally luxurious compared to Fred's schedule. So we both are kind of burning the candle at both ends, but completely, like happily, we're, we're very happy yeah. about it. It's a great album. It's really oh, good. Oh, thanks. Yeah. What are your thoughts on the music business now? Like, how have you seen it change? And there's a lot of things about it that I find inc incredibly exciting. You know, I think um, like the accessibility of music. It's you know, like major labels. It doesn't really matter anymore. Like, there's such a it's such a democratic like system like some you know buddy with a basement mixtape can be as you know excite people as some you know major artists i think that's that's pretty cool um i think it's harder to find like curatorial sources like you kind of have to find there's so much music that it kind of decontextualizes a little bit it's like oh music is from everywhere so it's also from nowhere you know like there was like this right. moment where things were really like scene specific and yeah there's no real any particular sound from any region yeah which days. i think has is awesome but then is also a little weird it's like has this unsteadying kind of quality to it but mostly i i love it but i i have to find like places to trust like you know who is actually who who has a good taste in music? What blog or it? It ends up being friends, mostly. Yeah, it's you friends. Know? Or uh, I like the idea of being able to trust a label too. Yeah. Because anytime a label releases another band, to just be able to like, well, I'm going to go and check it out because I trust their judgment, and mm -hmm. that's I like that. A lot. Do we even know what the if someone said? Because it's pretty, it's pretty clear like what sick '70s music is or what '80s music or '90s music. 
But if someone were to say like, oh, give me some 2000s music, what's that vibe? I would not know what to yeah, you just say. Start thinking, you start thinking like outcast for pop music. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I, even though it's from a few years ago. And that's what Charles Barkley outcast and yeah. then, and that's what people so. when people say like 80s music or you know 90s music or anything like that they they are really pretty much talking about the pop charts. It's like cuz if you said, you know, 80s music to, you know, just any anybody that grew up during that time, they might say, you know, like Madonna and, you know, right. stuff like that, but if you ask another person they would say Black Flag and the Minutemen and then, you know, just like, you know, more underground stuff. So wait a minute, let me see if I understand what you're saying, Jonah. Are you telling me don't make fun of him. I'm not. Easy, easy. I'm not. It really just depends <laughs> where you're coming from. It's all perspective. Are you telling me that different people? <laughs> See, that's, there's a tone. What? You got a tone. Are you serious? And I hear where he's coming from. Yeah. <laughs> but wait, wait, wait. That's why I presented. I'm just, I'm okay. just tore no, down no, no. his, his no, attempt no, no, no. at generalizing an entire decade of music. No, 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 no. And then we're talking about two decades now because you're talking about the 2000s and then these teens. Right. Right. What's the difference there? So basically, two. I thought people liked all the same exact thing. So you're saying that different people have different... Explain this to me, Jonah. You would have to talk about pop music if you're going to talk about the sound of a decade. The song Pop Music by Z? You know what? (laughs) Arguably, arguably, yes. By... But first of all, by M. M. God damn it. Oh, fuck. Oh. Trump card. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I had armor on, but I'm naked. Put the gun down. <laughs> it is but, um, M. But I could, we could also argue that we all like the same stuff. Didn't we? Because now, the further time goes, then we love it all. That's like, true. During the yeah. 80s, uh, there was so much stuff that I'd be like, no way. And now yeah. I'm like, oh, it's all great. Because yeah. it keeps you reminisce about that's, the... That's the one thing I hate about like, uh, like growing up, like being really into punk. It's just that you you push away so much stuff yeah. because it doesn't have any kind of sound or ideal that you felt at the time. And then you go back, you're like, what was I fucking doing? Totally. And, yeah. and it all becomes the same thing. Like, yeah. I, I, you mentioned Van Halen to me in, like when I was in high school. I'm like, no way! But, you know, but now I'm just like, it's all, it's the same as The Clash. Like, it's yeah, like, yeah, exactly. I'll sooner, I'll just assume <laughs> that either of them on, you know. Really? <laughs> <laughs> Without a doubt. Without Sam, a doubt. Even Sammy Hagar. Van Halen, you would put OU812, you would put on right next to Lennon Calling and be like, it's the same. Well, my hatred for Van Halen was during their era with David Lee Roth. So okay. I really so thought you were going to say Gary Sharon for no, some no. reason. I was so, like, that's so, a very so, specific so, area. In high school, it was like Joe Strummer versus David Lee Roth. Well, yeah, no contest. And I don't mean like in terms of loving a band, but in terms of iPod, like if I'm going to put something on, uh, you know, it, you could just as quickly put on The Clash. I will always favor The Clash. You, how did you have an iPod in the 70s? Yes. Am I not understanding what you're saying? <laughs> no, I'm saying today. I'm saying oh, today. okay, I understand. So I'm All right, today, I'm sorry. The, what your go-to is, you're, you're less allergic to stuff. Back yes. then, I was like, I'm not even... Li- Rush is another one. Rush, I will never listen to Rush. And now I'm like, oh, absolutely, I'll listen to Rush. Yeah. Was it just because... Was it because of the people that they were associated with? Or? It, it's... When you're in high school, everything's a fight. Everything is an argument. And the fact that they had long hair, you were like against it. It was just like, you know, you just took sides for no reason. Were you a mod kid in grade school? Uh, I, I was punk all the way. All the way punk. Oh, actually, I picked up uh, the uh, the 7-inch from the song you did on SNL. Oh, yeah. The Drax that he put out. Yeah, thanks for getting it's, it. It's great. I, like, I, was, I had no idea that it, that came out, and I was flipping, I was at a record store flipping through records, and I was like, uh, this fight, man, that sounds familiar. <laughs> I was like, looking, I was like, yeah, I, I think I remember this band. And like, it, for some reason, just because of the packaging, the artwork, it was so realistic to be in an 80s punk record. Then it turns out it was from a sketch that Fred did on SNL. It's so nice that you got it. Thanks for doing it. Oh, that. yeah, yeah, it's great. That's got to be amazing awesome that too. you both, like, 
just like side doors. In, I mean, you already had a, an amazing music career, but you had a music career before too. But now you, you, because of comedy, you can. It's a. It's it's giving you this platform where you can do all sorts of crazy stuff and not have everyone go, "What the fuck is that guy doing?" It's like, totally. well, no, it's Fred. That's of course he's going to do the drum instructor. Of course he's going to do you know like it's side bands. <laughs> even you know, I, I won't go into it too much. I was a Slater Kenny freak. And even like getting to work with Carrie, I'm just like, hey, I, you know, I worked out this thing where I get to like be close to this band I used to love. She's so right there. I still do. I know, but she's right there. She's not listening. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it's that kind of thing. And also getting to meet Steve Jones from the Sex Pistols and just get to, yeah, get to meet people. You know, that's the other like. This radio show is still good too. Sunday nights. Oh, he still he still has yeah, it. He, he took a uh, Josie jukebox. He took Rodney and Bingenheimer's spot. They he pushed did? Rodney even later now. Really? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> just like, just like Poor Rodney. More tired. Poor Rodney. Oh, hey. Hey, guys. Here we are, 3 a.m. Now he'll just always be on tomorrow. You're tomorrow. You're, you're, you're on tomorrow, tomorrow, Rodney. Are you guys all from L.A.? No. no. no I'm, I'm from Hawaii. You? Really? Yeah. You're from Hawaii? Mm-hmm. He's from Hawaii. I'm from Boston. Matt's from Boston, and I'm from Tennessee. You are? Mm-hmm. I didn't know you are from Tennessee. Yep. Actually, uh, when MySpace was a thing, I messaged you, Fred, and you said, did? hey, I, used to, I work in a funeral home. And then you told me. When I was in high school, I tried to work in a funeral home. What happened? What you, mean you tried to. <laughs> you tried. Like, I went to the funeral home and I knocked on the back door because I was like, how cool would I be if I worked at a funeral home? <laughs> Have you just seen Return of the Living Dead? You're like, I want to work with that guy. <laughs> no, I, I was, it was just like it was the local Valley Stream yeah. funeral home. And I just knocked on the back door and this lady came out. She's like, yes. And I was like, hi, I'd like to see if I can get a job here. She's like, this is a family business. And that was the end of it. <laughs> what a bitch. <laughs> How cool would I have been? That would have been... Yeah. Because yeah. this interview, I, how... Like, yeah, I worked in a funeral, huh? Whoa! That's me. That's what he did. Wasn't that cool? cool? It was kind of cool, but... Come on. Some of the stories are pretty I'm downplaying it. I like some stories. Like, did you do embalming? I did. I assist. I was a funeral assistant, so I, I mean, did everything. That's amazing. He pick up, too. Pick like, up. There was that one about, like, there was the charred body. Charred? It was like a burn oh, body, right? Oh, burn, burn, uh, you know. Fire department calls you. You go... Dark. Do a, do a, you got to do a removal for the coroner, right? You flip the guy over. You obviously you think, hey, this guy died in a fire. Flip him over. Knife in his chest. <gasps> Isn't that crazy? Then you got to go, oh, hey, guys, check this out. And then we go, Whoa. oh, crime scene. We'll call you back. Wait a minute. Yeah. The fire stabbed a guy? Yep, it yeah, did. Yeah. It's sentient. Well, I've been playing I, Skyrim. I would stab myself if I was in a fire. That's true. You would stab like, yourself? There's a fire. <laughs> stab, stab, stab. <laughs> this is stop, drop, and roll, right? Yeah, yeah. Right? Let him figure this shit out. <laughs> Blah. <laughs> As a thing for yeah. them. Yeah, yeah. He's just fucking. I would so do that. Really? I love I'm not going out painfully, <laughs> man. I'm doing a, a half-written note. <laughs> <laughs> I think someone's watching me. Yeah, just I'm create not, this I'm whole. Not <laughs> France, <laughs> France somewhere. Just France. Just France. You need to put a map on your wall with They'd a bunch of pins in it. Uh, They'd have to go to France. They'd have to look into it. Implicate a huge celebrity. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God, that would be fucking terrible. You really could do that to someone. Richard Branson. You oh. can totally do it to Richard Branson. That's that's half no, Richard Branson was here. And please, please, this is real. This is real. <laughs> Find him, even if he's in space. Yeah. Uh, that the hard part is making sure the note doesn't burn. I right. love the idea that you were sort of committed to the idea of working in a funeral home, but you just tried the one. You're like, all right, well, I guess I'm not going to. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know what else I could have done. I mean, I went to the source. Yeah. Right, but there are other funeral homes. <laughs> there are other homes funeral homes. Oh, right, right, right. That's exactly why when I moved out here, I didn't bother. I could have like done an application yeah. and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I guess You could have applied yourself. Is there an application? But, my favorite name for uh, mortuary I ever saw was uh, Borthwick Mortuary. Borthwick? Yeah, seems really cliche, like someone was trying to make it Wait, sound spooky. It? It's in Hawaii. Wow. It was called Borthwick Mortuary. Is that, is that you doing an English accent, or is it... Bo- 
That's just, I think that's the way you Bullthwick. have to say it. Bullthwick! <laughs> yeah. Is that the, in Downton Abbey, is that the funeral home? That Bullthwick Mulchery. Bullthwick Mulchery. I think you should go work at a funeral home now. You could. I could get you in. Very easily. For a little while. You I could go work at the McDon- McDonough Funeral Home in Lowell, Massachusetts. In Lowell, Massachusetts. I think I'd be good at being like, you know, like c- consoling people. Like uh, the family meets me. I'm like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Yeah. It was remarkable. Oh, do yeah. Sam Waterston. And they just want you to do characters that you've I done on the show. Comedy right now. <laughs> yes. Oh, he would have wanted no. you to. You know what character he loved? I'm so sorry. He really. That guy did not make me feel better. <laughs> I would be good at it. You probably would. Yeah, I was pretty good at it. Wait, did you, is this recent? This is a long time ago. Right? Uh, like five years ago. Oh, oh that is, is yeah. kind of recent. It's pretty recent, right? Yeah, yeah. How about do you this? Have, do you have a different view on death? Yes, totally desensitized to it. Yeah, Remarkably so. Yeah, no, this is legitimate. I want like, to be desensitized to it. I so do I. But you're not. You're not. You. No, I'm very scared of it. Yeah. Very, very scared uh, of it. Just, very like can't deal with it. Like anytime I've had people that are people in my life or animals that are on their way out, I'm just like. They're already gone. Like I just, I can't go and do the, the goodbye. I have. It became have a thing where it. It, it just got so repetitive to me that it just, it became a thing when relatives of mine would die while I was working at the funeral home. I would go to the funeral, and just like sort of be like, "How are these? What kind of casket is that? Well, what are these guys doing?" All right. But that maybe that was fair. a way that your brain. It you could know, very well be, but it, it is. Just, it made it very mathematical. Yeah. And just you know. So if Jonah dropped dead right now from poison Wait, that I gave him earlier, you always bring that up as a scenario. I'm listening. Then um, <laughs> you would be you would be like and and Fred and Carrie and I are like, Jesus fucking Christ, he's yeah. dead. You would be like, all right, let's. I'd be like, guys, calm down. Fact of life. I have a question for you. Yes. Just just off the top of your head. Yeah. What's some advice in general that you could give to people like? Is there a thing of like, hey, don't drink too much? Is there like a common thing you saw that like, you know it's a stupid thing that people do? Don't fall on a knife. Don't enter a nursing home because really, okay. you're going to die. Right. That's like it. what? Also, there, the are, there are like rules that you see that we would say to each other. When we knew uh, an older relative or someone that we knew was on, was on oxygen, we would give them three months. It's like, oh, you're on oxygen. You get three months. This wow. doesn't sound like advice. Uh, it's not advice, but, but this I is still know. don't this be on still, oxygen. Kind of, but, these kinds of things. But I do. There is something to that. Yeah, There's there is. Like for self awareness, like maybe you know, because I, I think nursing homes could probably push you into thinking. That Ex- absolutely, that. they also, can absolutely. Do you think even just entering a hospital as an elderly person? Like I, my yeah. grandfather was a, a doctor, and he never went. He always said, "I don't want to go to hospital." He's like, "When I go to hospital, that will be yeah. when I die," and it, it was just like that. Wow. Yeah. Oh, I think people have way more control over them dying than they think. Like, yeah. just weirdly, because it was so, so many times we would have someone hanging on and then, like, their wife died. And then, they, and then that's a it. Week later, My great grandparents, who were married for 72 years, exactly. it's that kind they of died thing. within months of each other. Absolutely. That's very common, right? Yeah, yeah. it just happens. That's well, they had a suicide pact. That's why I think, honest to God, I think, that's, I think people say Steve Jobs was dead for a while, then they released it after the. I think what happened, because I worked at Apple too, uh, I think what happened was Steve. Was just waiting for the iPhone 4s to be announced, see what the press was, and then he went. He let I, go. I, I, I yeah, buy I that. that. He let go because uh, that was his life, was that job. Yeah. And his kids, but mostly the job. Are, are there any like dumb accidents? You're like the, you know, for example, like a, is there like a lot of ba- shower stuff? Is there a lot of like drinking stuff? Like, we what's it, what's drinking the in the shower. Here's the dumbest dumb accident. Here's the dumbest thing. Well, here's the dumbest. What I saw more often than not was New Hampshire still. Not required by law to wear a helmet when you're riding your motorcycle. Whoa. Oh, yeah, forget it. Motorcycle, human, forget it. It's like, cram, why would you tempt cram. anything in yeah. that respect? So, I've, you know, 
the motorcyclist funeral homes, I've done a lot of those just mm -hmm. because we knew Lowell's like right on the border of New Hampshire. And it just is like, why? Why do you have to make them up like, well, he's sleeping on his side because you can't thing too, autopsied folks, because if you die, there's a Massachusetts state law. If you die uh, and you're under 50, you have to get an autopsy like they, it's not normal. Uh, and if you die in a car accident, you have to get an autopsy again. So like they can find out if you're actually murdered and someone made it look like you were in a car accident, I guess. Uh, so like what a weird thing about when, uh, an autopsy person's in there and you're moving their head, you have to be careful so their skull cap doesn't pop off. Oh. Sure. Well, yeah. of course. But you have to glue it. You got to glue it. So you do pop it up. But initially when you're moving the head, you just don't want to. Fred, you're fascinated by this. This yeah. is a dark conversation. No. Sorry, 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 sorry. You no, guys, Portlandia is great. In an interesting <laughs> way. I mean, okay, I, in, a way, in a way, it's a life thing because I'm just like, there's got to be way, you know, you can't control everything, but there's no. got to be little things that are... Like seatbelts or whatever. Seatbelts, absolutely. Yeah. It's stupid. It's all percentages, to. really. Honest to God, I was driving here today, and I was like, my seatbelt wasn't. I was like, I'm not gonna die today. I put my seatbelt on while I was driving. I was like, yeah. Why was I? Did you make a proclamation like that? I'm not gonna die today. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Click. Said it to my tom tom. Yeah. Carrie taught me how. I was in New York, I've been lived in New York my whole life, and when Carrie came to visit New York one time, she put a seatbelt on in the taxi, and I, ever since I've been like, oh yeah. We're I in know. A I always buckle up in taxis. Yeah, that seems yeah. like they're the worst drivers. Yeah, they're the worst drivers. Also, I always think in terms of statistics. You're saying, and I always think, like, because I'm afraid of flying, and I, but it's so much safer that the flight to New York is so much safer than the taxi, the cab ride yeah. from the airport into the city. I'm like, I have a much better chance of dying right now. But you're afraid of, you prob I'm guessing, mm -hmm. you might be afraid of dread not dying, because it's a much more dreadful way to die if you're going down in a plane than no, if you just get, get fucking hit by a car and sure. it's over. But I do the same thing. I buckle up in ta taxis, and when I first started going to New York a lot, I almost felt bad. Because I didn't want the taxi driver to think I didn't trust him. And then after a while, I was like, why do I give a fuck what this guy thinks yeah. about what will save my life? They don't seem to care about us, so. Yeah. yeah. Do I, we must have younger listeners. Do school buses still not have seatbelts? I don't I think buses again. have seatbelts. Such a weird concept to me that they all even well, after the like movie, the, the, the sweet like, hereafter. There's no seatbelts. <laughs> well, then go limp. <laughs> So, basically, Fred, you are going to start a company called Open Armisen, and you're going to console people. You're wow. going to be a professional yeah. consoler. Wow. Yeah, and the way I'm going to do it is, <clears throat> no matter what, I'm always going to act surprised. Even if I know it's coming, I'm going to go, what? Right. <laughs> oh, that's, I can't believe it. And then I'll ask for some time alone. Mm -hmm. Just so they, I feel the shock. Wait, so you get time alone from the family? Yeah. From, from the person who's talking to me. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I, I need to, like, Sit for a minute. Yeah. So with, oh, Even if you just met them, they're like, "Wow, he's being more dramatic yeah. than me." Right. And then all of a sudden, they yeah. get put in a position where they're like, "Hey, hey, buddy, it's okay. Yeah, yeah. you're gonna be sudden, okay. You're gonna get through this. I'm fine." Yes. Yes. Yeah. That's a good tactic. They feel yeah. strength in your sadness. Mm -hmm. Do you ever, do you ever do that in a relationship where you're fighting with someone and then they crumble and then you're like, "Aha, I'll crumble more." No, yeah. I'm not that petty. Chris. Okay, good. <laughs> I'm just making sure that none of us have, done that. None of us have ever done that <laughs> ridiculous that's, that's thing. This seems kind of manipulative have. and detrimental to the relationship. <laughs> exactly why I would never have. Uh, oh, hey, Chris, I have brain okay. gas. Uh, how many more live shows are you guys going to do? We just added a bunch of dates in February. I think we have 10 more shows. Really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, have, like, tomorrow? What's happening with SNL right now? How long are you guys off? We're, we're on break for. A couple weeks. Right now? I guess you are right now. But next week and the too? next week, I'm going to Sweden. What? To promote Portlandia. And then two more shows, and then we do our, our, our dates. The other ones. In that was not a surprising sentence. 
I'm going to Sweden to I'm so excited to go to Sweden. You have no idea. Have you been? I've always wanted. Never. I'm so excited. I can't even believe it. I've always wanted to go to that area of the world. Going to hang out with the international noise conspiracy? I, I hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> Listening, um, you guys. Harold Del Mar is from there too, right? That's that singer. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, I can't wait. Because uh, it's fun to go to some place if it's for work. You know what I mean? Yeah. Do you feel like uh, it, it, it must be nice for you? Because kind of like what you said, you know, on SNL, you're a part of this group, but but Portlandia is just your voice, the two of you together. It's the thing I love most. It's the it's like, and I love everything I do, but like this is more like definitely a labor of love. Is SNL as hard as everyone said? Like, like not, I mean, I, I don't know if I I don't know if I've ever heard this a ton from people who've worked on the show, but I hear a lot of people who are sort of ancillary, like, oh my god, it's so fucking hard. You know. I don't, I, I, it's hard work, but in a good way. It's hard in the way things should be hard, but it's still fun. And I'm with my friends and the writers, you all, I'm sure you know all the writers and perform. I mean, they're all funny, smart people. So it's like, it's not really hard, you know, as compared to working in other jobs. Yeah, but I still think putting up a brand new sketch, an hour and a half sketch show every week. Yeah, that's brand that, new that's without really being able to workshop it. Yeah, it's a lot of, humility goes into it and and but it's good work it's like it's it's a good for a good cause mm. and it's never predict you can never know how the audience is going to react you never know do you have there's no formula there's no like if i do this it's going to kill you never know it's you, just and so, it varies sometimes between the dress and oh, the live show right we've had stuff kill it dress goes on the air nothing also there's that like disparity between like the studio audience who's kind of a sp- very specific demographic totally. and like st- stuff that works in that room is not necessarily working on to the television audience and vice versa. Yeah, Without a doubt. Yeah. Because also the stuff I used to watch, when I watch tapes of it again, there's no laughing from the audience. And I'm like, oh, that did not do that great. Are you, I love it. Are you able to... You know what's like that caveman, unfrozen caveman Unfrozen lawyer. caveman lawyer. Watch yeah. that again. And maybe, maybe my favorite sketch of SNL of all time. Yeah. I'm not, I'm just, I don't know about your waves. Airplanes. Airplanes. Fax machines. I think it's yeah, little demons, demons inside. The one thing I do know. <laughs> <laughs> that, and I, I rewatched, I found online uh, uh, one of my favorite sketches, The Mimic with Alec Baldwin. Do you remember that one? Wow. Where he's the guy, he's like a guy that helps solve crimes with his uh, artistry for mimicry. He can recreate <laughs> any voice or sound. And so when he does it, it just sounds like, like a, a lady's about to answer the phone. He's like, let me do it. And he just goes, hello. <laughs> I'm at the pier. This is like a it's like a Simpsons bit, but I, I like it was always I was like that's one of the all time best sketches, and I go back and it's like silence. Dead silence. The I feel like la- the only reaction from the crowd is when uh, Paul McCartney comes on stage. It's, it's so crazy. I feel oh, like I four times a year I have a dream where I'm on SNL and I don't I haven't been to any of the rehearsals and it's just live tell. It's just the anxiety dream. It's like the yeah. no pants in school dream. Sometimes so, it's like that. But what do you what what's going through your head when if you're in a scene and you know like. I don't think this is really working. Is it? Do you just go into like, well, let's just get through it? It's very bonding. You because you know you're like, we're always gonna remember this. How funny is this that we were laughing so hard on Wednesday? (laughs) (laughs) Um, But you just get through it, and in in a way, it doesn't matter. It's fine because of stuff like unfrozen caveman lawyer. You're like, at some point, someone's gonna appreciate what this is or not. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But you know, you're out there with your friends. It's great. Yeah. How long have you been on the show? 10 years. Oh my god. Really? How fast did that go? Like wow. really fast. Yeah. Like I feel like you're a new person in my life, but you're not. I've known you for a while. <laughs> a long time. A long well, time. we never hang out cuz you live there and I live here and yeah. then you also live in Portland part-time and Yeah. Carrie, I've only met twice. I mean, we Yeah. Yeah. 
Just the one panel. Yeah. Just that one great panel. <laughs> do you want to do more panels? Do you want to go around yeah. and deconstruct? Do you want to go on a panel tour? I would love to do a panel tour. We'll just go deconstruct. Yeah. What's your, fa- what's your favorite character to do on uh, the Portlandia? Um, do you have, is that a, d- a dumb, maybe a dumb geez. question? Yeah, it kind of changes because we shoot like three different like sketches a day. And so it's like you kind of have to just be in love with the character you're in because it's like they're just, they're gone so fast. But in terms of like the ones that kind of leave like an indelible impression on me, there's this character, Kath. We have these characters, Kath and Dave. Like last year, they w- they got incensed over a dog being tied up outside a restaurant. Right. This oh. year, they went river rafting <laughs> in the premiere episode. And they're one of those couples that like they kind of perform their relationship to other people. You know, everything's just like it's like a megaphone is just. Were they were they the ones with the the Sudeka sketch with the with Colin the chicken? No, that's Peter and Nance, who I also love. Okay. They perform. A lot of our, our our relationships on screen are like couples that perform at being couples. Which I think is a really common way that people interact with each other. It's like, oh, there's oh, this element we... of our couplehood. <laughs> there they go. Uh, that's four of them. They've those guys They've have gone been fired. Rogue. Those guys have been fired. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, maybe it's They've a reality been show. Pink slipped. Oh. Maybe it's a reality show with No, it suits. can't be in here. The apprentice the is apprentice. It seems it. like a reality show. It though, does. They're two, they're two... Yeah, those are the first four guys to get yeah. cut. They're gone. I always just assume it's because uh, the NBC and Comcast merger. Yeah. I always just assume that it's of all that it's sort from. of like it's sort of like Dark City where the buildings kind of like <laughs> smash together <laughs> and then people change identities and they like I always feel like it's just that process yeah. when you see shit that you don't understand is going on in this building. The, the rest of them are just right there in the hallway again. I also feel like this is a weird dream state we're all in and we'll wake up tomorrow assuming different roles in this universe. Ah, right. Because of a weird race of aliens who's using the substrate of our uh, land to power their species. Okay. You trailed off there in the end. Oh, that's my phone. I'm like, who didn't turn their phone off? Me, Chris Hardwick. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) I thought that's how you were answering your phone. It's me, Chris Hardwick. Oh, I I should totally do that. You should make that your ringtone. Mm. I should totally do that. Who didn't turn off their phone? It's me, Chris Hardwick. That's nice. But the microphone's in your face. (laughs) Chris's face? I'll take a picture. Huh? You guys? Okay. Okay. Well, I should go over to Fred. Wait. Oh, that's cute. Okay. Yeah, use Pano, the thing that stitches all the. Oh yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Wow. No, that's fair. That's fair. That's pretty cute. One, two, three. Oh, you're cute. I was, I was, I was doing a, I was voice training. No, I'm pleased. Always voice training. I was in voice training. <laughs> that was a D. Bad, the audience uh, is going to love that picture moment. Uh, <coughs> I'll cut that out. I'll cut out the dead s- second. So the audience won't even know. You're welcome, audience. <laughs> <laughs> How fucking dare you, audience, try to kill a moment between me and Fred. We're just trying to take a picture. Yeah. Do you really have to be involved in everything, audience? This show's not edited, right? No. Okay. Mm. <laughs> we go back and put in a bunch of hilarious sound effects. But other than that. Okay, so there'll be like a little music cue while you walk over. Yep. When we're talking about death, there's going to be a lot of horns uh-huh. and uh, like bike horns. And bike horns? Bike horns, yeah. Right. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Do you. Uh... <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Any others? Car, car slam. Could you. Um, Stalling uh, engine. Uh, <laughs> Busy Indonesian airport. 
Um, submarine accident. You heard it through the water. Space submarine accident. <laughs> He's wrong. Uh, actually, it would should be have been nothing. nothing. Can't hear anything in space. space. The people on this ship can. Oh, shit. <laughs> fuck you, Jonah! You just got you. You just got schooled. Fred just schooled you, you too. Affected. <laughs> well, it was, it was a great show. Sound, sound affected. Yeah. Sound affected. With Fred Armisen. But it's sound affected. Yeah. AF. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Sound afflicted. <clears throat> oh, that's a great idea. We gotta pitch it to NBC. How do you have? How do you guys have time to do anything else? You don't really. We don't. We don't. This is it. This is it. This is our life. Well, I think it's amazing that you even came in here today to do this podcast. No, we're happy to do it, and we're we love you. Yeah, I love you. We're happy to be here. I, I we're not I, complaining either when we say this is it. Like that didn't. Yeah, happen. no. I am genuinely a huge, huge, huge and happy uh, Huey Lewis in the news kind of time. Yeah, this is if, if this is it. That's if this is it. Yeah, they had a very healthy. Uh, attitude about their own band. They really yeah, did. They yeah, they're did. behind they the music. It's the like, most feel good. Yeah, yeah he's they like, were we so are, we're a bar band. Who made it? Yeah, there was, there was very self congratulatory in every song. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't feel like Slater takes any cues from you, Lewis? No, we took a lot of cues from you. <laughs> <laughs> Please cover if this is it. But they were always, yeah. they're always like, this is the bar band. We, yeah. You know. It's like there was a, in, in the, there was like, we all kind of started bickering a bit, so we took a break, but we're also yeah, really yeah. good friends, yeah, our kids so, are friends. So or is it the bass player? Which one has the slick back hair and was always smoking? Is it the bass oh, player? No. I feel it like it's Bowser. It sounds like the drummer. It, he looked like Bowser. I think mm. it was the bass player. It was the bass player. Oh. He's and, no longer with the band and it boned me out. And then in the, because he was funny, like when they did the video uh, of like, hey. this is it, he was in the sand and he had the leather on yeah. in the sand. Isn't that cool? Yeah, it's pretty far. <laughs> oh, right. the news. Okay, so you're going to start a professional consoler service. You uh, guys are going to cover if this is it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, Matt, yep. you are going to get uh, uh, sensitized gotcha. to death. Oh, I don't want to. That's a terrible thing. Yeah, no, well, it's, you've had <laughs> Feel enough. It. Of, Feel it. Yeah. I'm kind of happy where I am right no, now with it. No, you got to start feeling it. Okay, if this you, is like a thing I need to do, if I'll this do is it. it. Uh, but hopefully we'll see you guys. And, uh, I, and again, I, Portlandia is amazing. And I watched every episode quickly uh, on the iPad all at once. It was just like one, one right after the other. saxophone solo bands. Huey <laughs> <Q>, Lewis? <laughs> Except for the one that everyone went to watch in Lost Boys, which I guess was Joel Silver's idea of like what teenagers go to see is a guy in tights. <laughs> what about Jerry Rafferty's? Oh, fucking love Jerry Rafferty. That's out front, that saxophone. Yeah. Oh, oh what about uh, Morphine? That's rock and roll sax right there. I read, uh, I read, and I did not know this, but I read on Cracked, actually, which is a fucking great website, that um, that the Steelers wheel stuck in the middle. I had no idea they were just making fun of Dylan. That was the whole point of that song. I didn't know that. They, they did this list of songs that... Make fun of Bob Dylan? No. They did this list of songs that were a joke to the writer's... That everyone oh. took, it like just didn't. They just didn't catch the joke. What else is there? Um, uh, I think uh, "Sweet Child of Mine" was just like that was a joke riff. That yeah. was a joke riff. He was just doing scales. Yeah. Look, it sounds like a circus uh, song or something like that. Well, and that's then, how Slash oh, practices wow. though. Slash yeah. always will pick a scale that makes him stretch, and that's how he practices. And then he ends up 
finding rifts in there. And then and the part and then, then the part in the I probably have talked about this in the podcast before, but the part at the end where Axel's going, Where do we go? Where do we go now? was literally just them going, Well, I don't know where the lyrics go from here. Where do we go now? Really? Where do we go? Did you see Bob Dylan on uh the uh Critics Choice Awards? Yeah. Yeah. It's a uh, uh my girlfriend Dan, she's like, Wow, Bob Dylan has become what Tom Waits started as. Oh my god, he sounds like he's singing with like a cup of gravel. Yes, exactly. Gurgling with gravel. He sounds like he is. He sounds like he is gurgling Clint Eastwood, who is blowing Christian Bale's Batman in his throat (laughs) while he's trying to sing at the same time in a gravel pit operated by Mr. Slate, Bob Hoskins, or Kenny, not Bob Hoskins, who would have made a great Fled Flint. Led, led Flintstone. Let it led go, it please. Go. John Goodman. I'm not going to go back and fix that. That movie? You're going to try to go back and fix it? <laughs> <laughs> God, if I could go it's back and fix the movie. Lately, the Flintstones? Yeah. Rosie O'Donnell and Rick Moranis. The, as, there a was like, as a couple? Oh. Yeah, yeah. Betty and, Betty and, uh, and uh, Barney, yeah. There was only one Rosie thing. That, like, the Flintstones movie was so bad, and their one thing actually, the only thing that could have made it worse was that. Rock Vegas? No, P-52s? well, no, no, yeah, no, no. Hang on. When I when I when I went to watch Flintstones, the kid sitting next to me pissed himself, <laughs> and it just started to ferment during them because his parents laughter, just didn't right? give it a was shit. Just laughter. Yeah. That the kid. And well, there was it, nothing that was going to take you out of that experience, huh? <laughs> Poor dude. It might have saved me yeah. from being from having to watch. Oh, you left. You you left, right? No, I, I I I kept. I just no. You know what it was? I sat there for some reason. I was more to the idea of staying and being being indignant about it rather than just leaving. I just wanted to stay there and be mad about it, mad about the movie, mad about the smell of cold pee, rather than just taking myself out of the situation and not dealing with it. We did. You're grown up. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thanks for being here, you guys. Thanks for having us. Are you on the tweets? Are you on the tweets? Yeah. Well, I am. Are you I'm fine? not really, but sometimes I'll forward stuff to the person who does the Portlandia tweets. I, I love that because you could log in. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so, yeah, I, I would just rather do it that way. But I, it, yeah, I think it's funny. You'll take a picture. Yeah. Send it to her. Send it to her. Send it to Melissa. She'll put it up. It's just easier for me. Yeah. To forward it to another person. I can't write anything. But you're an excellent writer. I can't. For some reason, that's one. I have like a writer's block when it comes to that. Carrie does it great. You do it great. You two don't even do it right. I don't even know how. (laughs) I do it okay. I somehow just upload drawings. I don't know how I do it. With your mind. But I got that, that eight millimeter app, you know? That's fun. So I've been sending little movies of that. If you guys, if you follow me at home, you'll see the picture of the suits. I tweeted that. Oh, already? Did you see your Instagram? Instagram? Yeah. You take a oh, good. Okay, good. What suits? Like the suits that have been here all day. I took oh, a these suits. The suits. They're still there. Man. What's your uh, Twitter handle? Matt Myra. All one word. M A T T M I R A. It's not that bad. <laughs> <laughs> it is kind of bad. It is kind of bad. That's how he introduces himself now. Hi, I'm at Matt Myra. I will say, I. That's not weird, right? Sometimes I, I was against it, but then I always go to it if I want to find out about other people. Mm-hmm. So. IFC is like, we really need you to do this. And I'm like, why? No one cares. But then when I want to find out who's going on tour, I always check in. Mm-hmm. And IFC is like, see Fred? Yeah. Life, Not so crazy. Fred. Yeah. Are you yeah. at Carrie Brownstein? No, Carrie Rachel, which is my middle name. Okay. You, that doesn't, I know, maybe it doesn't make sense. But yeah, Carrie Rachel. It's whatever you want it, it to be. It is whatever I want. That's what I wanted. Okay. 
It was shorter. Brownstein is a long last that's name. That's oh, your whole tweet right there. At <laughs> <laughs> Carrie Brownstein. Yeah. Hi. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's all I had room that's for. That's all I tweeted. That'd be shitty if it, that took into account your characters. It name. does. Oh, it does? Oh, my God. I had no idea. No, no. Well, felt, if you're not... tweeting at someone, oh, it right, takes right, it up. Okay. It doesn't take up. Your, your own name doesn't take it up. Okay. Well, you still don't know how to use it, do you? No. Okay. <laughs> what is this? What are we talking about? I thought we were just talking about my name, you guys. M A T T M I R A. The show's yeah, yeah, yeah. going on the internet. Eight letters. It's very simple. Enjoy your burrito. That's bad, bro. Thank you, man. We're doing going our set list for tonight. Oh. I just took the Seattle one. I was just trying to like. Okay, great. Also, we're trying to remember the lyrics to Dream of the Nineties. Oh shit, I know. I will remember when we. I think we will because yeah. it's just like those breaks. Dream of the Nineties. We do a live version of that. Do you have dancers come out? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> But I took elements of the our set list from those two cities. Yeah, those are Seattle and San Francisco. But we'll put the Camille thing in somewhere. Yeah. Do we then, need someone else tonight? We might not. Good. I reached out to to my. <coughs> me me me. Oh, I'm sorry, guys. I'm just warming up my voice over here for Wait no reason. Wait a minute. Wait a second. It gives me an idea. What's that? We can ask Amy Poehler. Oh, <laughs> that's. I don't. No. She's in town. So close. <laughs> um. Anyway, I think I think there's enough there. We always go over on the other shows anyway. We'd be fine. <laughs> yeah, we, we're doing two shows. No, like yeah. Two. Make it really short. Sorry. Where are the shows? Echoplex. The Echoplex. Yeah. You're going to go back to the hotel for a second, right? Yeah. I'm starving, so I want to stop and eat. And then I want to get a different jacket. I brought another jacket for to play. Oh, then i got to get my bass. i got to get my guitar. Oh, yeah, the instruments. We're gigging. Yeah, yeah. I was Drums, keyboards, she's on guitar, I get to play some bass. Do you have another do you have other band members or do you guys jump around? Yeah, we have other band members. Yeah. It's a real operation, you guys. Yeah. Do. At first it was like, would you mind doing this one show? And then we're like, we gotta have it just it makes sounds so, much, so much better. Yeah. Much, much better. Well, we'll see you at the Echoplex. This is gonna go up after that show. Oh, I hope the reviews are good. <laughs> Christ, as you died on the cross, please. <laughs> if anything, if anything. I know you didn't help Tim Tebow, but come on. Oh, that was still recorded? Yeah. Oh, wow. Why well, haven't? Uh, really good Not now. One. Now leaving Nerdist.com. Enjoy your burrito. This episode of the Nerdist Podcast was brought to you by Bing. Only Bing now integrates information from your friends on Facebook and experts on Twitter so you can tap into their knowledge and opinions and spend less time searching and more time doing. Now, search go social. Check it out at bing.com. I have missed these Friday night dinners. Hey, welcome to Harvey Graw! At these family dinners, Delicious, everyone. dysfunction is served. I can't have you all messing things up for my entire adult life. Oh, I'm sorry. Do we embarrass you? Jump, jump, jump. It's already better than I dared to dream. They're extra. Let the wild rumpus start! Woo, 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 woo. And they're embarrassing. We know how hard it is to move on from the first girl that you ever slept with. Not the first girl who I ever slept yeah, with. Yeah, 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 <laughs> right. You're a regular lady killer. I thought you said it was going to be boring here tonight. No! I really hoped it would be. But they couldn't love each other more. Surprise! Mom and Dad being totally normal. Wow. So, dinner next Friday, everyone? 
wouldn't miss for the world. Dinner with the Parents, Season 1. Stream free only on Freebie.